0: How many of you know Ron Hamilton? Those were those hymns we sang tonight 50 60 years ago, long time ago. I'm not even sure if was born by then. He penned those. And uh, we have all enjoyed Patch the Pirate over the years, haven't we? Yes. He's been a tremendous blessing and you can as I'm just thinking, have a passion for thee, Lord. You can pray for him, as you know, many of you know. There's um, dementia, uh, and it's getting worse and worse. And the great thing about th- that is, and I hope I'm being correct with all you live streamers, uh, uh, dementia. Um, a lot of people get angry and, as it develops more severely, but she, uh, Shelly has put up lots of videos he is so happy. He is very, very happy in these last days. So praise the Lord for we think of all these hymn writers over the years. And Ron Hamilton is going to go down in history for penning so many wonderful hymns that we sing with our children in our homes and enjoy them in our churches. And so praise the Lord for Ron Hamilton, Patch of Okay, so I want to finish this study tonight, and um, we have spent the last couple Wednesdays when I've been up here talking about four rules of communication, and this has been, the springboard text is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through 32, and I would like you to go there tonight, if you have your Bibles, whether... Uh, it's the written there paper or electronic. If you could go to Ephesians chapter four, I would like to read through the text 25 through 32. And then I would like to jump right in. We are on our, actually our third points tonight. Thank you, Hannah. She is so organized up there. I really appreciate it. She's got me on my third point already. Beth Ann too. Thank you. Appreciate you guys back there. You ladies. Um, Okay, verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4. Wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But, always be watching for the conjunctions here, folks. They're so important in each section. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Why? That it may minister grace unto who, folks? Those that hear you talking. Those that you're communicating in all kinds of different types of relationships every day and every week. And... Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath, which all this plays out in our communication, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking. Paul really was punctuating the area of communication in this incredible, important biblical counseling text in Ephesians 4 here. Be put away from you with all malice, and be ye, here's the second part, be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Father, we need help again in this text tonight. We all have our difficulties because of our old sin nature that we are freed from because of the work of Christ now, and we have a new nature, but that old flesh continues to rear its ugly head, and we need help as we go over these incredibly important areas of communication tonight, number one, may we be humble enough to recognize that we've been there before, and may we be needful enough to know that we need to implement, Father, by the help and the power of your Holy Spirit, these areas of ministry and ministering and communication in all these different areas tonight. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've seen uh, already, the first area that we've looked at was to be honest. And I'm sorry, I don't have any more outlines to give you tonight. I thought I had a few left over, but um, probably not, or Mike probably would have found them. Uh, How many of you have maybe an outline out there? Good. Some of you do. So we've looked at, number one, be honest. Be honest in verse 25. Stop lying we were all born liars and now we have been saved to be honest at all cost to speak truth all the time now there is a difference folks i understand justing and having fun and you might have fun with somebody and say something uh for a few moments and then you let them know i was just kidding just having fun uh, As long as you're letting them know that. Um, But we're talking about being honest and speaking truth. And then the second area was to keep current. And that has to deal with don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. or Don't go to bed angry. How many of us have ever went to bed angry? All of us in this room, I'm sure, have been frustrated. And sometimes we like to call it in the area of righteous anger, but... Uh, Not always. Sometimes, yes, maybe you've been watching the news or something and you see something and you're very frustrated because that's not pleasing to the Lord. It's some sin that you've seen and it's okay to be frustrated and angry at sin. But we need to be careful that we make sure that if it is sin, we deal with it in a timely fashion. How long is a timely fashion? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But soon, and Paul says here, don't let the sun go down. Paul says a deal with it really quickly. Don't go to bed with sin and anger in your heart because if you do, you give place to who? The devil, right? You give him an opportunity to continue to frustrate in your heart. And then guess what happens when you wake up in the morning? You're frustrated in the morning, aren't you? Because you never dealt with it before you went to bed. So keep current in your communication. If you communicate with somebody, you have a frustrating situation, whether it's a spouse, a child, a parent, friends, cousins, co-workers, uh, whoever it is, it's not worth going days and days and days and weeks without getting it right with that person. And then thirdly tonight, attack the problem. Attack the problem not the person. I talked a little bit about that um, last time, but attack the problem, not the person. How many of you in here tonight would be honest enough to say that you've been angry with the person sinfully? You've been angry with that person, and you've attacked that person before that you've been angry with. I will tell you, yes. Yes. Absolutely. I would be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I didn't tell you that. I've attacked my wife, I've attacked my children, I've attacked other people. In 20 years of pastoring, I'm sure I've attacked people before. But the Lord is trying to teach us here through the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here in Ephesians 4, not to attack people, but to attack the problem that is going on in that relationship you're dealing with. And I want to stay on a very surfacey situation tonight with all of us because we're all living in a sin-cursed world. And so this world is a very difficult place to live. And we all love to blame it on the devil, most of it, but we can't blame it all on the devil, most of it. We'd all like to blame it on the world around us but we all can't just blame it on the world around us, probably quite a bit of it is the flesh, our flesh that we succumb to. And so folks, we live in a problematic world, a problematic environment, problematic relationships. And we need to understand that Paul's teaching us here is don't attack people. Attack the problem. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse 29 and 30 again. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Listen, even when there's problems, even when there's problems, In the marriage, in whatever relationship you're dealing with presently, when there's problems, guess what? You can still minister grace, even when you have to maybe reprove, maybe correct in all righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished, perfect unto all good works. You can still, even in difficult relationships, difficult communication situations, you can minister grace unto the hearers. Because if you don't, I've seen employers really not do well, Christian employers not do well with their workers. There's no excuse for any Christian to use corrupt communication out of their mouth to try to get their message across to somebody. That doesn't motivate people. That really hurts people. And you don't even deal with the problem that exists. So if we would spend our time dealing with the problem that exists instead of attacking the person, we get a lot further ahead. And when we don't minister grace to the hearers, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to have... We sang the hymn, A Tender Heart, Ron Hamilton penned. We need to have a tender heart. We need to be able to forgive others. Well, they hurt me. Or they, listen, the drastic situations are out there. And I don't know who in this room have been through some of them, but the difficult situations are out there every day. And there's somebody watching tonight, you've been through a difficult time, maybe it's 20, 30 years ago, or maybe it's fresh, I don't know, but the difficult situations are out there, but God through Paul has told us here to forgive, have a forgiving heart. Forgive them. Why? Because Christ has forgiven us. Go back to verse 15, Ephesians chapter 4, go back to verse 15. Verse 15 says, but speaking the truth in what? In love. They grow up unto him in all things, which is ahead of even Christ. So listen, whatever the problem is, anybody have any problems this week? Seems like in the Stutzholm, listen, if you have, if there's more than one of you in there, well, you're the problem anyway. But when you multiply that with children and grandchildren and relationships and all kinds of situations, it just, there's problems all over the place to put out. Fires all over the place. Things to talk about. Think, open up the word and saying, well, let's discuss this situation. And there's all, always problems. But you need to not attack the person. You need to attack the problem with love, with a tender heart, with words to encourage. The moment you start speaking in what Paul is saying here, folks, in words that tear down and hurt people, you know what happens. People shut you off. You shut people off. Accusations, you've heard me say this, and if you haven't heard me say it enough, accusations, you know what I'm going to say next? Accusations what? The heart. Accusations harden the heart. I say this a lot in Sunday school probably. Accusations harden the heart. My mom knows questions, what? Prick the conscience. You make an accusation. You're such a liar. What happens? She might not be able to see it, but I'm kind of like a little frustrated. You're such a liar compared to... Did you speak the truth? Did you talk? Did, was that the truth that you were talking about? So when you're dealing with the problem, you don't attack the person. You're such a liar making an accusation. You would deal with the problem. So that situation that you were talking about two nights ago, was that truthful, truth what you were talking about? Because if so, then we need to go further and deal with this situation. So, folks, it's really important Looking at some of you tonight that have probably attacked people quite a bit in your life, and you didn't want to and you didn't mean to, but you failed a number of times, and it's terrible, isn't it? I have failed a number of times on this, and you're like, man, I wish. I don't want to attack people. Sometimes you attack the very people you love the most. And isn't it funny? It's not funny. Sometimes the very people inside of our homes is the people we attack the most. And we get outside of our homes and around other people that we don't treat them so severely as we treat the people in our homes. That's difficult. So I better get moving quickly here. Um, Nope, it is now. Thank you. So avoid unwholesome words, letter A. Avoid unwholesome words. And then, number one, words that attack a person's character. Uh, Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. And look at verse 21 and 22, please. Words that attack a person's character don't attack a person's character. You'll get nowhere with them. Matthew five twenty one twenty two, 21, 22. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say... The fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Folks, words that attack a person's character are dangerous. Don't attack a person's character. Say it with me. Attack the what? The problem. Yes, you'll be so pleased and elated and and praising the Lord, Uh, you're like, I look past the person's character and we dealt with the problem and the problem's dealt with and done with and now our relationship is good and our communication is good and we move forward. There's a lot of husband and wife relationships out there that are hurting because of their communication. Number two, tear down Don't tear down, don't rip apart, or hinder growth. That's what it does. Look at James. Go to James chapter 3 now, please. When you're communicating, talking, there's never a day that goes by that you're not communicating and talking to somebody. So, James chapter 3, and let's start looking at reading in verse Five, folks. And you know the passage, if you're good at chapter content, it's dealing with the tongue here. Verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. Yes, yes, your tongue and my tongue has that ability, right, folks? I mean, let's just all humble ourselves tonight and get honest with each other. This little member is incredibly powerful, isn't it, folks? It defiles the whole body and it sets on course the uh, the fire, the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea. You can tame them, can't you? And have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue, your tongue tonight, I'm not going to make you grab it, but if you were in a patch of pirate club and you were like back there in a club, there's a song, you grab your tongue, keep it from evil, and you hold your tongue. We won't do that tonight because we're adults, right? We're mature, sophisticated. It's a lot of fun, though, to sing with your kids and grandkids and, and other kids. Uh, the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly what, folks? You say, my tongue? Yeah, your tongue can be full of poison, folks. <laughs> this is how bad it gets. This is how nasty it gets. We bless therewith, we bless we God. So out of this member, we bless God even the Father, and with the same member therewith we curse people, meaning we don't attack the problem, we attack the person, or we attack the person's character. And they're made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings, and what, folks? Out of our same mouth, from our same tongue, blessings come forth, this hour, and then the very next hour, all of a sudden, you're using it to curse people with. My brother in Paul says, James says, these things ought not to be so. He's like, this shouldn't be happening. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear berries, either a vine or fig? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. That's We're not talking about two different people here, okay? Like this person's blessing, this person's cursing, this person's using their mouth in an unruly, corrupt way, this person's using their mouth. We're talking about one person, one tongue, and sometimes I'm using it to praise God and praise other people after the likeness and image of God, and then other times in the next hour I'm using it to curse and frustrate and use it in a wrong way. That's what Paul's talking about. Don't tear down. Don't rip apart. Don't hinder growth. Unfortunately, and you understand what I mean when I say this, some people, folks, have a black belt in verbal communication. Some people do. And I know he's not watching tonight. But my father does. And I needed to get my mom out of the environment she was in to distress and to help her physically. Now, he's a lost man. Lost people act like lost people. There should be very careful communication coming out of us as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, folks. Right? Number three. Can clouds... Clouds or bypasses the issue. Clouds or bypasses the issue. I'm talking about some biblical counseling concepts here. When you're sitting and talking with people, when you're communicating with people, people do this. They cloud, the, the conversation gets very cloudy, or they actually bypass the issue completely. What happens is you're talking about, well, there's some anger in our relationship right now and that's probably because of in the last couple of weeks there's been some insecurity or inconsistency um, whatever the case is but you go from talking about here's the the problem in the relationship of the, the husband and wife and then all of a sudden you go to some other topic some other issue and so what you're doing is here's the real issue here's the root problem But you go to some root problem that's not even dealing with the issue. You try to bypass and go to some other issue. And that's not right, good biblical communication. Stay with the problem. Deal with the problem until it's dealt with. Whatever it is, if it needs forgiveness, whatever it is, deal with it until it's a done deal. And number four, we have already seen... When you talk with corrupt communication, with communication that's not pleasing the Lord, with communication that He never intended for you to use, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Because where is He living? Come on, folks, we're a family here tonight. You don't have to be scared. (laughs) Where's He living? inside of you as a believer. And so when James says, you're using blessing communication to deal with that problem, what do you think the Holy Spirit's like? He's like, yes, we're getting somewhere with Brian, right? We're dealing with the fruit of the Spirit in Sunday school, and I'm not changing, but the Holy Spirit is changing me. And the Holy Spirit I'm blessing comes out of my mind. I can't take credit for it, but the Holy Spirit's like, all right, finally getting somewhere with Brian. And all of a sudden Brian curses somebody or, or ah, and gets angry with that person and that, that character. What's the Holy Spirit doing? Oh, good job, Brian. You grieve him. Think of it next time you you know when you're you're communicating not in a proper godly way. Understand the Holy Spirit is living in you and working with you. You grieve him. So avoid unwholesome words and then let her be. Using edifying communication, it actually encourages, folks. It encourages. Focus on the action and not the person. Focus on the action and not the person. And again here, you can go back to Ephesians 4.15. You can go back to verse 29 and go back. Those verses are so important. But folks, my kids, you know what's wrong with you you left half of the row of green beans there are you a sluggard don't you know what Proverbs says about a sluggard are you lazy come on get out there you know the shoulders slump over they're discouraged they're if i could encourage them i will tell you this daniel's not watching either one time he ran back and, and and we had a huge garden in ohio and Daniel, was pretty. he's a pretty smart guy. He didn't go to college, but not college isn't for everybody. He would take rocks, and he would stick in the bottom half of his bucket. And then, when the green beans, like, oh, what? You got a bucket of green beans, buddy. It's like one-third or, or half a bucket of green beans because the rest of it was filled up with rocks. But I can encourage him. I can build him up. I can focus on the action and not on the person. I can say, listen, that bucket needs to be filled up. You want to eat tonight? You want some supper? You want to eat this winter? You want a good crop, the can put away for the winter? You got to go fill that bucket up. That's the problem. That's the action. Not, you are lazy, no good for nothing slugger that Proverbs talks about. Folks, we all get trapped into that until you sit back and like, oh, man. I need to focus on the action at hand, not the person. I need to encourage them in what's going on. Try it. If you have been difficult on people and children, grandchildren, uh, people around you, try encouraging them in whatever the situation is. Try to encourage them, motivate them. Um, Two ways we must speak the truth in verse 15. Go back to verse 15, Ephesians 4. I am in James right now. Go back to Ephesians 4. And let's just go back to verse 15 just for a second. There are two ways we must speak the truth in 15. In verse 15 it says, but speaking the truth in what? Yes. You need to speak the truth. You need to motivate people with love. Tearing down, that person does no good for them. Now, I'm not saying that you you don't have to be strict or you don't have to deal with the problem. You need to deal with the problem. But you need to deal with that problem in love. Encouraging them. Um, Actually, in verse 29, it gives the second area. You need to deal with the problem. So do it with a loving heart, a motivating, encouraging heart and deal with a problem at hand. The problem is the bucket of green beans is half full and you're, we're not going to have enough green beans to make it through the winter. So let's go out there and I don't care what you want to do, if you want to turn on a sermon or you want to listen, uh, you know, pastor a or something, turn your tape on back there, but let's fill that bucket up and let's get that thing filled up and let's start canning those green beans and putting them away and hard day's work. That's the problem And that's dealing with it in love. I know you can do it, buddy. Let's go back out there and let's give it another try. I know you can do it. Secondly, two ways we must speak the truth, love and problems. Secondly, sorry, I'm a little bit behind here. Secondly, words that edify those who hear. Use words that edify those who hear. The words... Give, gives grace. That's important, folks. It means the desire and the ability to do God's will. So you're telling them you can do God's will. Here's the problem. This is not God's will. Let's look at what God's will is going on in any area of a a person's life. They're either walking in God's will or they're not in God's will. So let's find out what the Bible has to say about God's will. And let's, there's the problem that is at hand. And let's take some love and encouragement and let's edify them and say, here's God's will. We see it plainly from the word of God. Okay, now let's, let's go after God's will. There's a desire, there's ability to do God's will. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6 says this. You could write it down. I need to keep moving or I'll run out of time and not finish. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with what, folks? Grace. Let your speech, it doesn't say sometimes, it says, Always let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how ye ought to answer every man, every person. So, the goal is to become more like Christ. More like Jesus Christ and less like yourself, folks. The goal is he must increase and I must decrease, even in my communication skills. Nathan did not call David all kinds of names, did he? Did he? Na- Did Nathan call it? you, you fornicator, you, you wife-stealer, you, and he just goes through, the- he didn't call David all kinds of names, but he wanted, he, he wanted to charge David's life. he He's like, come on, David, Here, here's a massive problem. Now, there needs to be some change going on in your life. That's not God's will. You know taking another man's wife is not God's will, right? That- so some Areas of biblical counseling, no-brainers, right, folks? And you're like, there are some other ones that are really, really difficult. I agree with you. But when you look at every situation on its own, and you put it over here on this plate, David, he didn't attack David. He didn't attack his person. He didn't attack his character. He just said, you have sinned. You're the man. He got right to the point. He got right to the problem. David, you've got to deal with this. Now, there was consequences. Number three, words that zeroes in on the conflict. Words that zeroes in on the conflict. I'm sorry that y'all don't have outlines. I wish I had enough for y'all tonight. This rule can also be violated by, guess what, by tones and body language. That wasn't so enduring, was it? I, my eyes are so terrible. Is that that's Deborah, right, in the very back there? Like, have you ever done that? You use your body, body language. Yeah, we were playing euchre. anybody ever play euchre? If you think cards are the devil, I'm sorry about that. But we were playing euchre with my mom the other night. My wife and I beat my, my, my son, Caleb, and my mom twice. And it was awesome because I barely ever beat my mom in cards. Um, and my wife, she threw this one card, and I'm like, what in the world are you doing? How could you? She had a plan. And I didn't know what was in her hand. And she knew exactly what she was doing, and she nailed him. And then afterwards, she's like, well, you really look like you were going to get after me. Have you ever done that before? Tones, body language. Yeah, words that zero in on the conflict. Um, the way Job talked to his wife, how do you think that went? Like if we could just zero in, if we could have Whitaker's, I don't know if you ever listened to Whitaker's Time Machine uh, uh, Odyssey, grew up on Odyssey. If we could go back in Whitaker's time machine, go back and we're in the same living room with Job. The way he talked to his wife, I don't read that he used all kinds of verbal downgrading words. I don't read that. I don't it like Job, you were a nasty, terrible, verbal, abusive, emotional, abusive guy with your wife. I mean, curse God and die. No, he counseled her. He counseled her. He's like, God gave us everything. And if God's going to take everything away, uh, whatever he wants, it's God's business, wife. God's sovereign. He's in charge. He didn't use, he didn't verbally attack his wife, folks. He counseled her. So we've. Scene, be honest, keep current, attack the problem, not the person. And if you're tired and you want to do this or move around a little bit, look at the person sitting beside you periodically in Ohio. I'm like, you know, shake it off. Got a few more minutes here. Good stuff. Let's go to number four here. Act, don't react. This is huge, folks. Act, don't react. Back to Ephesians chapter 4. And let's read these again and let them soak and marinate into your heart. Act, don't react, verse 31 and 32. Here's the acting, folks. Or here's, here's the reacting, folks. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. That's the reacting emotionally. Here's the acting. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. I remember the first year in ministry, we had a family that I was sitting across and it was a very difficult situation. My first year of ministry, I reacted emotionally. I was so distraught at what was going on with that husband and wife. And I reacted instead of sitting across from them and acting biblically. And I learned that first year pastorally. And it doesn't just, it's not, it's about Christendom. It's not pastorally. It's about every one of us. We need to act and Act biblically and not react emotionally. Does that make sense to you, folks? We react quickly when there's a problem that happens. The car, car, whatever, whatever situation happens, you just play it in your mind. And we react to it really quickly and fast. Or a child doesn't do this. Or uh, a brother or sister, this happened. Or... And we react emotionally, and we react quickly. A lot of times, my wife reacts pretty fast. She acts pretty fast, and she does a good job at acting biblically. I have to sit back. I have to step back, and my wife knows me so well. I need time. Because if I act immediately, it's going to be an emotional reaction a lot of times versus a biblical action coming from my head and heart and my lips. So sometimes you need to step back and and instead of um, reacting right away to the problem, the person, a lot of times the reason that we attack the person is because we react so quick emotionally and if we would stop and we would act biblically let our minds sift through the word of God, then we would not attack the person, we would attack the problem. I hope these principles are making sense to you. Um, letter A, reactions. Reactions. Again, in verse 31, you see the list of reactions. These are attitudes and actions that must be, at the very beginning of this whole section, it says to put off and to put on. Put off the old man, right? Renew the mind, put on the new man after Christ, right? Right? Right, folks? That's the beginning of this entire important section. And so these are attributes and actions that we need to put off. We need to put off reacting in the emotions, reacting in the flesh. Um, the definition, folks, of these words here, bitterness, is the refusal to treat someone as if they never hurt you. Well, they hurt me. You don't know what they did to me. I don't know what they did to you. But you're reacting emotionally, you're reacting fleshy, you're reacting just how they reacted. And that's not how God would want us to respond. Bitterness is a refusal to treat someone as if they never hurt you. Treat them as if they never hurt you. Well, they did hurt me. Well, they hurt Jesus Christ too, didn't they? And he just didn't send us all to hell, didn't he? Romans 5.8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us while we were yet what? While we were sinners, God commended His love toward us to go to the cross and save us. Wrath is flaring outbursts of anger. Anger is a settled indignation or hostility that frequently seeks revenge. It is the slow burn. Clamor is the harsh contention and strife Public quarreling and brawling. Slander is speech that injures. It is abusive speech, folks. And malice is the desire to harm others or see them suffer. Harm others or see them suffer. Folks, the natural tendency of our Genesis 3 nature is to be defensive about dealing with our own sins. We're very defensive. What? You're calling me? A, you think I'm? Hey, what about you? How about? Did you think this is all my fault? How about... That's our natural tendency is to defend ourselves. That's exactly what Adam and Eve did, didn't they? Well, God, the woman that you gave me, well, the, the serpent that you gave me, the, everybody's blaming God and blaming each other. Ephesians 4.31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I don't have time to read Genesis chapter 3, 8-13, but I have a sneaky suspicion uh, a couple of Wednesdays from here, I get another opportunity. We're going to back, go back to Genesis for a little bit and continue to deal in this same area a little bit. Um, I need to really be finishing up here. Um, reactions, letter B. Actions. This is verse 32 of Ephesians 4. Here's the good stuff. So, reactions. You got the list. The ugly list, right? Don't react in the flesh. Don't react emotionally, folks. Verse 31. Here. Act. Verse 32. Act. Here's the definitions, folks. Kind. This is what you get with the Holy Spirit working in your life. Be kind, it's benevolent, helpful, courteous, tender-hearted. We sang again that hymn from Ron Hamilton tonight. Tender-hearted is of good-heartedness. It's compassionate. It's sympathetic. And then forgiving. Forgiving is to give up your right or claim to revenge. And you want to, and I want to so bad sometimes, right? Right? Or hold a grudge, or even get even... Anybody in here ever hold a grudge before? I am a grudge holder. Ask my wife, go back there tonight and say, has Brian ever held a grudge? She'll tell you, yes, he has. Ugh. So give up that. Put it off. And have a tender-heartedness. Have a forgiving heart, a forgiving spirit, folks. Letter C, reactions, actions. Letter C, conflicts are possible only if each person reacts. Did you get that? Read it again. That's not a positive statement I just said. Reactions or conflicts, conflicts are possible only if each person reacts. So if two people in the relationship or whatever communicating and They react, mark it down, there's going to be a conflict. If they act biblically, you're going to solve the problem. Let me give you some conclusion and application here real quick. Conclusion and application. Changing habits is not easy, is it, folks? It's really hard. I would say it's really hard. But here's the hope tonight. I love to give hope as much as I can always give people hope especially believers, my brothers and sisters, because there's so much hope in Christ. It can, you, it, there's bad habits, difficult habits, sinful habits. You can break them. You can change them. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with that temptation, make a way for us to what? Escape. He will make a way for you and I to escape the temptation. That's how much He loves us. Philippians 4:13. You know this. We can. I can. We can do all things through Christ. who what? Christ will strengthen you to act biblically, speak biblically, hold your tongue. Don't let that thing spew out poison. Speak. Uh, don't let it pour out bitterness and blessing, cursing. You let the Holy Spirit use your tongue. It's much easier. The way, uh, the way of the transgressor in Proverbs 13, 15, tough, tough. No matter how irresponsible the other person is, you must act biblically. I wish I would have heard these day one in my Christian walk. No matter how irresponsible the other person is, you must act Biblically. Lastly understand this concerning the four rules of communication, folks. If you break one, the others are also going to be broke. Ah, it's tough to think about. If you're if you're not honest, everything else is downhill. If you don't keep current, everything else is downhill. If you don't attack the problem and attack the person, everything else is falling apart. If you break one, the others are also going to break. You cannot change how others communicate, can you? Seriously, you cannot change. You, you don't even want to make somebody communicate differently. You, that's in their heart coming out. And, the, and you don't want to try to change them. You can't change how others communicate. But you can change how you communicate by God's grace. You can control your communication. Be honest. Ephesians 4, coming right out of one of the most important passages in the New Testament on biblical, in biblical counseling. Be honest. Keep current in your relationships. Attack problems. Almost have to close your eyes and get your eyes and heart off of the person because you'll attack the person. Attack problems. Don't attack the person. And then act. I should have maybe put act biblically. Act biblically, don't react. I hope these have been helpful. I don't know any of you guys' past history, past life, past relationships, but I certainly know Ephesians 4, and God inspired this passage to help every one of his children, brothers and sisters all over this world, to faithfully walk and live and talk that which would be pleasing and honoring to the Lord. Let's pray, and then uh, let's go ahead and go over, or uh, Jim's going to come up here and uh, do one verse of Take My Life, and uh, and then we'll go to uh, praises and requests and prayer time. Father, thank you for this evening, and thank you for Ephesians chapter 4. It's a tremendous blessing and encouragement. And Lord, I know at any given time the doors open up, and there can be someone here that does not know you as Savior. They don't have a relationship with you. And I pray, Father, genuinely tonight that they would, the walls of sin would come down and they would allow you to come into their life, they would surrender their lives to you and accept Christ as Savior. But Father, the majority of people here tonight, they are your children. We are your people, saved by the blood of the Lamb. And Father, I pray, knowing that all of us are still wrapped in this earthly flesh, we all have problems. I might be the biggest sinner up here when it comes to communication skills, I could even, even taking two classes in speech class in college, I still have problems with my speech because of my heart. Father, help us all to continue to yield our lives, our hearts, our mouths, our tongue, our minds, over to your Holy Spirit and his work every day in our life. May we surrender our lives each day to you that you may use us to be honest people, that you may use us to be current in our communicating with other relationship situations that go throughout the day. And then, Father, as your Holy Spirit is in charge and he's king of our life and he's ruling, we will not attack other people, but we will know how to take your word and attack problems in this life. And we'll do that by acting biblically, genuinely understanding what your Word and your Holy Spirit is doing versus reacting in the flesh or reacting with a quick emotional reaction. So, Father, thank you for helping me tonight remember these important rules of communication, and I pray that they would be a tremendous blessing to these folks tonight. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.